Starting now. Is that your um? Is that your gas station, uh, Las Vegas? Shirt? One of them. <laughs> yeah. What's the What's the retail on a gas station Leatherface oh, T-shirt? Too much. You would You would hope for five dollars flat, like no tax, uh, twenty then, bucks. Well, yeah, probably like nineteen ninety nine after California taxes, like twenty eight seventy two. Oxon, help me. How much was it? Um, it was like two for thirty or something. No, Ugh, that's still not good. <laughs> it was something more. It was like twenty five each or some number for like forty <laughs> or fifty. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> well, if it's twenty five each and then it's two for fifty, that's not a deal. <laughs> well, I'm flatulating my shame, dude. <laughs> All right, Sam, why are you here? <laughs> I, boy, I, when I kind of occurred to me that I was going to potentially be the guest, I, I was worried. Because, <laughs> because this. What do you mean? Sam is a, uh, a cohort in the Unnamed Footage Festival. So he's a programmer. He helps with a lot of the ARG elements. And also, um, He's one of the biggest off-camera, off-mic influences of this show. I believe he's the uh, sole generator of all of the memes <laughs> that almost are 100% about Randy that have come out of here. That's not entirely true. I was actually I was counting them up the other day. There's five Randy memes, and there's nine memes total. Oh, yeah. I remember the Big Butt Dinosaur. Oh, we got to watch that movie. Isaac's movie. I heard it came out, and I heard it's not bad. The trailer. Dinosaur Tale, I believe, right? Yeah, well, I saw the trailer. Oh, yeah. The trailer looks bonkers. Yeah. We, dude, we got to watch it. We got to get Mark from Scary Thoughts over here, and then we'll watch Isaac's Dinosaur Butt movie. Oh, boy. Don't do that to Mark. No, it'll be good. We like Mark. <laughs> no, but Sam, uh, I, I hope you weren't serious about that, because I mean it. You have, what, a shelf of scripts that you're just waiting for somebody to buy. You've uh, got a novel under your belt. None of it's published, which means uh, in 10 that years, it doesn't exist in 10 years when much. you're Hollywooding us, we're going to hold this episode against you and try and ride your coattails. I please do. Right now, I'm literally I've been begging my wife to read my novel manuscript, which is just a really like pathetic situation to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm I promise you I'm going to read it. I think I've read uh, three year scripts so far, I believe. I know one of them I sent to you and I never expected you to read and you did. Which which one was that? Oh, if, yeah. I don't know if you can name the name, but the yeah, no, I'm not doing anything with it. The one with the oh, uh, Magna <laughs> Capra Mater with the oh. weird sex stuff. Oh, dude, that was my favorite one you wrote. And I believe you end. told me you wrote it for Reddit, right? Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> I can't find the will to write things that I feel are oozing out of me. Like they need to get out on the paper and I need to yeah. share it with people. And if I articulate it verbally, I will only fuck it up and then never think of it again. And he wrote a goddamn full script, 90 minute feature for Reddit. It's actually the second time I've done it. <laughs> oh my God. I, so no, I, I, I have this trick because there's this like, horror screenwriting reddit community and they uh hot <laughs> they do like themed writing like contests um and so i wait until there's a theme that's something i already want to write about 
and then just write something I would have written anyway, and I get feedback without having to like bug people about it. Is is that really hard to get people to read your script? Oh God, I don't read screenplays. <laughs> I don't read scripts from like close friends of mine. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't sympathize with you there, because I think I've read. Um, you know, you know, the the reason I'm curious about it is because I've read yours, and I'm curious to read even more of what you write. But you're a good writer. So I realize if you're getting like terrible screenplays, it might be kind of a burden. But I mean, I've read a couple that were like, I mean, just reading them in the very beginning, you're like, this can never be a movie or like, I, it's a weird thing. I, I like the form to write. It's like very rules intensive, but 90% of the time it's like a slog. Like you don't, I'm, I'm. I don't know, greedy and egotistical and like, I want to get something from reading and you just don't get that from like screenplays by random people online. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a fair point. Now, Sam, what's your uh, novel about? Um, I had heard through, uh, again, through one of the, the Reddit threads there, because uh, I'm also part of that community. I don't know if you know that, but apparently, um, you know, your, your novel is um, R, where do we go after Q? <laughs> is that correct? Thank you so uh, much. That's a memoir, yeah. not a novel. I, boy. Actually, I so I have a bunch. I'm writing something about cults now, and it's weird talking about like writing about cults because you know you what, Sam? To... That's a territory <laughs> no one has ever gone into. So, congratulations. Oh, that's, that's the thing is like you you expect like a Jim Jones, but the you know modern cults you get like I don't know. I don't want to say a Ben Shapiro, <laughs> but it's it's far less exciting. Like political cults, yeah. That what a fucking bummer. Like, if, if there has to be like a pentagram or at least something that you would see in a hot topic, if there's any like political propaganda around, it would totally like ruin my uh, fanaticism. I, yeah. yeah, we need more hot topic cults. <laughs> Cult leaders are supposed to be, you know, charismatic, you know, powerful people that are out there fucking. Ben Shapiro is not out there fucking. <laughs> no, he's a weirdo, though. You know, I want esoteric. Now, his sister is out yeah. there fucking. Oh, no. Oh, she got sex tight. Oh, and, really? Oh, she got some big old titties. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Enormous. Cardi Shapiro? I'm telling you. I don't know why that was the first thing. That's why <laughs> Jewish ladies. All right. Now, they get it. <laughs> now, Sam... How I think we could we could start with uh, why you are in this conversation with us. How, how do, now I don't know if I want to tell it or if I want you to about how uh, we our paths crossed initially. Pathological loneliness. <laughs> you were at a movie confirmed. The, you were at a movie theater alone, correct? Uh. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you're never alone, Sam. Jesus is always with you. Continue. That um, that was a fun night. It was the night we were uh, we were presenting a movie at another hole in the head, and uh, we were doing the uh, God's work and helping Ricky Umberger out by promoting the Fear Footage Two, and um, 
I don't know what it was about the uh, shenanigans of me and Clark on stage, but uh, what you started looking into us then, Sam? Well, so okay, what do you remember? What played before that? Uh, the fear footage. Was, yeah, was it the the Barbara Crampton one? Yeah, I mean, look, that's okay. a fair <laughs> guess at any hole in the head. <laughs> There's always a Barbara Crampton one. She's really cool. She makes a movie for the festival every year. She does. <laughs> Okay, so I'll I'll give you the full story. I got I got a pass for that festival because um, a movie from a producer that I'd been pitching to was playing. I wanted to see it because I didn't want to like wait for streaming because I wanted to like get a vibe of what he was into. It wasn't great. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, Barbara Crampton, sure. Uh, so I went to another screening. I think that's how we all feel <laughs> whenever yeah, one of her movies pops much. up. It's like, okay, God, cool. That one was so bad too. Yeah. Was that the Frankenstein movie? No, that's actually the one by the uh, the producer. <laughs> I to. Uh, Which one was it? Was it Beyond the Gates? Right, I believe she went. No, Beyond, be- Beyond the Gates was pretty good. By eh. you know that era of Barbara Crampton standards. I, I started saying pretty good and immediately regretted it. Um, <laughs> it's just no. Well, we both made one, faces like we had just huffed vinegar. I know it was the one that was like Carrie, but oh my god, there was another one, and there was like a lot of electrical stuff. It's so much electrical stuff. Now she was in she was in a good movie once <laughs> called uh, Sunchoke. Oh yeah, did you see that one? That that was good. I enjoyed her in that. Was Sunshoke the one? No, I'm thinking of Upstream Colors. I don't think oh, I've Randy. seen Sunshoke. Randy, tap him in. <laughs> Love it. Great film. I have mixed feelings. Sorry, Randy. <laughs> yeah, Randy, he's I a like, raper. I like the idea of Upstream Colors. All right, uh, back. So anyway, yeah. I, was, I was there to see the Barbara Crampton movie. And I was about to leave. I was like literally at the door. And, you know, there's that like, black guy who works at uh it does another hole in the head and he's like very social and yeah. where where's uh all kansas city chiefs yeah uh so that dude like put an arm over my shoulder and was like hey man like the next one this is like the real scary one this is the one you gotta see <laughs> um and so he like bullied me into staying uh That's i did cool. we gotta get him and something. give him a mug or something <laughs> I uh for real. I like listen to a pod when where I was working there, I'd listen to a podcast every morning um on my way to work. And you guys said you had a podcast, and I was like, oh shit, I'll listen. Um watch the fear footage, delightful. Um and then I love your introduction too, and I I you like got me hooked in it looking for the bad reviews to pop up on IMDb. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the rest is, uh, history. As yeah, that's, say. that's right. That was the day. Um, I think we just spoke to Ricky for like the second time on here or something. And after in a follow-up conversation, uh, he was telling us about the IMDB guy who was just like tanking his movie, even though it wasn't out. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I remember when we did that intro, we were talking about him and then, uh, couldn't get any creepier. An hour later, that dude was lying about being there. And he was like, oh, I was there. The movie Bond. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, I've never been that close. Like, 
where we fucking intro the movie. And it didn't bomb, did it? No. And um, we there were a couple of hecklers though. Why are who, there in the middle? In the middle of their heckling, would jump because the jump scares land a hundred percent of the time Wait, in that movie. Was Top Hat one of the hecklers? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean. All right, let's talk about Top Hat for a second. <laughs> so Top Hat is a guy we were, have referred to on this show. Uh, it's been a while, but he is uh, tangentially a part of another hole in the head. Uh, uh, occasionally, they'll have him intro movies yeah, and yeah. stuff. That's about yeah, him and Benji. Yeah. I, I don't know what their working relationship's like, but they don't have great chemistry. But, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> the only chemistry that guy does is methamphetamine. But... Um, <laughs> Truly, uh, he is a, a sexless ogre that <laughs> just is horrible. He's pretty rude. He's also, yeah, very rude. Like, to to be on, he's pretty rude. And as we were talking about needing more cult leaders that are styled after Hot Topic, I think he's the one. He's Don't got the, the last remaining Dr. Seuss hat <laughs> that they used to sell. <laughs> oh, do you remember that uh, Dexter splatter suit he wore? Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, and here's the thing. Another hole in the head is like the only horror festival we have out here. And, you know, we came in with the Unnamed Footage Festival years later. They've been around for like a decade at least. And they've always been incredible to us. So yeah. I got nothing but love for them. No. And, but Top Hat can go fuck yeah. himself. Top Hat... Well, not because we came in and he was talking shit about us. Yeah, because he, well, he, he saw us he as got a threat. Mad, he got mad at you. Yeah, what did he get mad at me I, for? He said something. He he said something and you answered him. I remember that. It was something like, "Oh, are you are you kidding me?" And you're like, "Uh, I can't remember." Did I go at him just a, a little? You nudge? did. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, him. calm down, dude." <laughs> I believe you had a date via date app that night, and are, you bailed on the fear I, footage. Well, I had a sex date. Oh. After that, <laughs> with a soft penis. Wait, what? what the hell is this? The girl date? I was saying, what do you mean? What's a sex date? She's like, I want you to stay the night. Oh, that's gross and formal. Well, Dude, it's got to be spun. Okay, I don't know why I'm discussing this with you. Yeah, so uh, again, another old man. We love them. So I uh, shoved my <laughs> soft, soft penis. Now, inside of her body as a dude who was uh dubbed the reverse bouncer at the last unnamed film festival uh footage festival god everybody gets their name wrong and then i contribute to it we get our name unnamed <laughs> footage festival uh i think we gotta hire the black dude that bullied sam in the stain yeah that guy's cool I, yeah yeah that's just super cool well you know the coolest thing he ever did was uh so we know a couple of the programmers over there at the uh another head Another hole in the head. Another head and in the hole. There was a uh, whisper one day that a uh, certain film star may be showing up to a feature and that we should hang out. Um, I think we talked about this on here. Nicholas Cage came and he rolled in with a fucking cowboy hat. And we were like, dude, there he is. And we're all just kind of like, yeah, that's good enough for me. I'm not harassing him. And nobody did. And everybody, you know, there's kind of like a family atmosphere there. Yeah. It's very close knit. And, uh, not to say they're not welcoming to strangers. You just kind of get the vibe. And everybody was like, leave them alone. Because a lot of the Coppolas show shit there. But uh, said a black dude that bullied Sam in the stain is the only motherfucker who walked right up to him and put his arm around his shoulder and said, let's take a picture. And then our buddy Dave O'Shea took it. And Dave was like, I am such a pussy. I should have got a goddamn picture with Nicolas Cage, too. But 
Yeah. Now, Randy, you you went in the theater and you hung out with old Nicky, right? Watching his brother's uh, not great movie from 25 years ago or something. Yeah, I stayed in the theater while everyone else left. I think people went to uh, the bar down the street. Dimples. Yeah, and I did miss Nick Cage when people saw him in the lobby because I was taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Randy, you historically take very, very rabbit-like shits. This is true. I am very quick, but yeah, I don't know. He was, uh, he was in and out, and so was my shit. <laughs> now, also, we should talk about the shits, if you were to take one, at the New People Cinema in Koreatown. Uh, excuse me, Japantown. That's where we <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, get it right, dude. Do we even have a Koreatown? <laughs> I don't think so. No, we definitely no. don't. There's a China and a Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's Japantown. Um, they've got the bidets down there, and you got the you got the nice electric toilets with the heated seats. Did <laughs> so you did so you have a good uh, you have a good experience down there? Because I did. Because as you remember, I was there for sex. <laughs> Chris Hansen, <laughs> I was there for sex, and you ended up bidets and confused, and I had diarrhea before. <laughs> And it was fine because I had the the little water spout in uh, warm water. It was a warm bidet, Randy. So did you, did you bidet it? Uh, I didn't. Did I wasn't too familiar with the uh, bidets, so I, I didn't know which buttons did which. There's there's a lot going on on that bidet. It's like a pretty fancy one. On Bidet's Mozart? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just have to say John Bidet Ramsey. Again, no, it landed. I, it's I, fine. I, I, yeah. I have a psychic connection with our crowd, and they're laughing. Thank you so you did it. Yeah, so Sam, um, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on today was because uh, we had many a conversation <laughs> via Gchat, which I just got kicked out of because fucking stupid ass Google. What? They have some new program that's going to take my data more effectively. Um, yeah, but you know, Gchat, they turned it into Hangouts or something. Other way it? around. They got rid of Hangouts, which was great, and they turned it into some ugly Gchat yeah. beast. So what? whatever. Complaining about that. But um, I had been talking to Sam all week about going over. Um, here I'm going to try and say it. Incarn? No, <laughs> not incarnation. Incantation. Incantation. What's the movie about, I don't idiot? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> it's about incantations. <laughs> What's the movie about? I don't know. Non-linear time and raising children in a single-parent household. Now. All right, so this, I mean, Sam is here to talk about this because... He's got theories. Sam's got oh, yeah. theories. Now, this is, um, now some people, in some circle, I, I want to set the table up front with this conversation because this movie's getting a lot of attention. It's on Netflix, which is a giant streamer, which has lost a lot of money recently. <laughs> yep. For the first time, they put their finances out there and they're not doing too hot, but everyone knows Netflix. It's a brand. So when you have a giant movie like this, you put it on there, I think a lot of eyeballs are seeing it. Now, what's happening is that some people are describing this as a Taiwanese film. As we know, Taiwan does not exist. And so <laughs> I just want to be very clear that this is a Chinese film. This show is pro one China one, one China. Dude, I'm an idiot. I totally thought this was a Chinese movie. It's Chinese movie. Well, just up top when it said Mandarin. I, for some reason, it's in my head that Mandarin is the language of communist China and that Cantonese is like the rebel alliance or something. So when I saw that, I was just like, well, I think I think it's more because I was in more eastern China oh, and really? that's more Mandarin. And I think Western is Cantonese. 
Okay. Well, I think that's a very basic way of thinking about it. Okay. Because I know like Shanghai, I think is more predominantly Cantonese and then Beijing is more predominantly, predominantly uh, Mandarin. Yeah. I just, the, um, Ni hao. I knew a couple of people that had moved from China to America and that's the way they told me. It yeah. was like, oh yeah, Mandarin's kind of the government language. Oh, they, Actually, the, they spoke Star Wars to you? <laughs> The first thing I thought when I pulled it up on Netflix is in like categories. It had Taiwanese movies and Chinese movies. Ooh. I was like, oh, this is going to be controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Taiwan does not exist. Hashtag one China. Well, there are a couple of ideas in this movie that I was kind of like, holy shit, China let him do this. Like, I think even dealing with any kind of like supernatural or kind of, um, I mean, here there's a form of Buddhist, you know, I should say I do totally intend to just like spoil this movie. I want to go through the whole thing. Oh, good. So, right. yeah, just a warning now. Um, there is that very interesting equivalent to like the upside down cross in this movie, which is the turned around Buddha. And that whole kind of like, I don't know what what would like uh, if if christianity <laughs> uh-huh. if christianity is to like satanism buddha is to capitalism <laughs> do you have an answer for that sam i don't know uh probably like regionally varying but you might have like a a buddha to, to hindu or perhaps a buddha to shinto Oh, Shinto. See, I don't know enough about like uh, the teachings of Buddha to like really understand a like opposite to it. Well, he was chill and fat. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that's why um, all of Hollywood and popular culture is so, you know, against Christianity is just because we all kind of get it. When I we was get in the gist, when I was in China, uh, people would rub my stomach and say little Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing, right? Yeah, and they call one. me. They call me Little Little Bear. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking terrible name. Yeah. So, Sam, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, today our episode went up where we were kind of talking about it, but I'm curious to see where you're coming from because you were the most. You know, a lot of people had reached out to me and been like, "Have you seen the new Netflix found footage movie?" And it ranged from, um, I believe we talked about this before, but Thomas Burke. <laughs> telling me he woke up at 4 a.m. to catch it the immediately as it dropped to, you know, several other people who were like, oh, it's great and it's too long. And then, Sam, you're just like, can you please watch it so we can talk about it? So I'll tell you the the first thing that made me, like, love it was uh, you get you get, like, very unpleasant child body horror yeah uh towards the back half and it that's like when the movie really starts like not fucking around um and i mean just you know beyond that it's a really fantastic taiwanese like folk horror movie um it is it's shocking that it's so successful in taiwan because it does not hold the viewer's hand Oh, it, uh, I get you. There's like nonlinear storytelling. It, it, given that it's all in world camera, it really makes you like 
track what you're looking at from the like rabbit cam to the woman's cell phone to the I don't know the dad guy from the orphanage's vertical cell phone for that section. Yeah, there's like you know you get like probably twenty different cameras. You get some security cameras. You get some dash cams. Um, mm. and then it gets non-linear around the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Yeah, it does so many things that like are super interesting and really unique, um, even within kind of the in-world genre. Um, and I, it's been living like rent-free in my head since the moment I watched it. There's a lot of there's. <clears throat> I feel like we need to to set the base here. This this is uh, this is a scary movie. When did you oh, watch? Yeah. Uh, uh, last night this morning. Oh, you did you did a two parter, two like Randy? Yeah, hell yeah. Is that copy brand? It's fine. I, weirdly, also did a two parter. I watched like the first twenty minutes and then napped for two hours and watched the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is there's some scary in here, and also let's talk about. Can we talk about Dodo for a second? Um, d- the most adorable child. That just will break your heart. So cute when you when you see her, just fantastic acting. Just she's so good. She's got a lot of um like subdued emotion Man, too. It was she's great. Got, she's got like passive acting that is just like incredible. The film doesn't work if she's not great. How old is she? Like five. Yeah, she looks very young. And like um, there's a moment where uh, she's being whisked away from the hospital. And her mom leaves her alone in the car. And when the uh, surrogate dad comes, she's in the back seat, and they do a digital zoom, which is pretty distracting because you're immediately aware of the craft. But she's she asks about like if you take me, like what about my mom? Oh man, that shit is oh, brutal. It's uh, you just believe it, and I'm like, God. Normally, I hate these like little kid actors, but no, like man. she no because you just you wanted to be protective of her. Yeah. And because uh, Lord knows the mom wasn't <laughs> dumb bitch. Well, okay. No, I have to uh, be honest. So the first time we watched it again, it was like, what, 11. We started the fucking movie, but we made coffee and we just did it in one go. Last, last night, our uh, good friend, Jasadi Perkins, uh, East Bay cinematographer homie, came over and he was just showing off a camera he bought. Like he was telling me to touch his camera. He's like, dude, just hold it. He's like, like hold the camera. You getting an Alexa? Uh, I think he did. Those are like three zillion dollars. No, wait, no, it's not. It was like what it's a Leica, I think. A Leica. Yeah, it was a Leica. And nice uh, he was just like, dude, touch it. He's like, spin it, move the. And I was just like, you're. Spin Here's it? the thing. Me and Jafadi can sit down and talk forever. So I was weary. I'm like, no, no, we got to back off this. We ended up talking forever. Started the movie at ten thirty because I was like, I have to watch it to get ready for the show. And, um, dude, I forgot how fucking jarring that intro is. The intro is fucking packed. Yeah. You get the two visual tricks, which, again, I couldn't do the Ferris wheel. How did you do, Sam? Uh, it took me a while. I what didn't do you mean get you it. couldn't do it? Okay, so you know in the beginning how it's like... Yeah. It's talking about perspective and controlling your, yeah. your world. I couldn't get it to go left. It goes left automatically. 
No, it was going right for me the whole time. No, you're an idiot. You're you see, drunk. you lean radical left. I um clearly alt right. So it was going to the right, and I was trying to get it to spin, but I couldn't. Because you're weak. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you know, uh, Oksana told me the life hack though, and she's like, if you look towards the center more, you can do it. I think what it is, the little carts were swinging independently. It it does that anyway. It's it's a trick. It's no, not, I, I understand. Your mind isn't doing no, it. No, it was me, my perspective. I yeah. couldn't I couldn't envision it spinning left. I don't think you understood the little games. No, I understand all the games. I think you're like, I understand it as a concept, so I don't have to play. No, I played the games, but I know that I know <laughs> what the drill is. I you didn't do it. I know. The train? I th- I lost it. Oh I, I lied. God. I lied to Oksana. The first time I got the train to do it <laughs> at the very end, and I felt like again, like I transcended, like like the world had opened up. It's like doing a, a psychedelic drug, and you're just like, oh my god, I'm out. It's an out of body experience. Last night, couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> but you, but you see, you act like, but see, you're not doing anything though, because it's doing it itself. <laughs> no, it's like one of those hidden eye posters. There is, it's that. a passive thing you're engaging no. in. No, it's not even like that. Sam, help me out. What is it? It's not even like that. So, what was that? What was that witch in? Did you guys see the witch in the window? Uh, we did. Yeah, we had him on the show. Yeah. That, oh, Andy. that is a hidden eye in it. And I paused the screen to do the hidden eye. Oh, uh, oh yeah, on the wall. Yep. Right? It's a I, boat? And it, ah, so I forget. Little boat. I think it was a boat. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, I just kind of like close my eyes and imagine what direction the thing is going, and then when you open it, it's going that direction. <sighs> yeah, I was like direction. staring at it and trying to like force my brain to turn around. Now you got what happened? You, <laughs> you had some unspeakable okay, head trauma. So that was an incredible thing, and uh, we we talk about found footage all the time because of the film fest and why we want to show movies. And we have a very complicated system of programming that nobody understands or appreciates. And I was, I was dude, so taken by this um, pleading for an interaction with the haunted, haunted artifact. Like me, me and Sam talk about this shit all the time where there's a way, you know, every platform from book to audio book to like tape recorder to podcast to live stream they're all different ways to lay out a story and you can play with your medium in unique ways and with found footage these are movies that are they involve the audience you know agreeing to an arg so if you're really going to take vhs at uh, face value essentially if it's on a vhs tape you could be holding the item that captured the movie like it was there present when all these murders were happening and there's an unexplored idea there like nobody ever taps into hey you just popped in this dvd that you know i the killer who just murdered these people you're about to watch die recorded like you're complicit and i feel like this movie not only did that but it like was up front and i don't now i don't know if it will play well to uh the native language speakers but there's a moment where uh ronan is looking directly in the camera and she says please like pray with me and uh you know, we hear some interesting music. Weird. It's almost like I hear it now. 
You're Clark is dancing. I can't get away. <laughs> you need to know that I had a, uh, a uh, this type of mix on YouTube. Throat singing. Throat singing, yeah. Dude. I love it. <laughs> you would be perfect for this, their cult then. Dude, honestly, it was awesome because we were sitting there watching it with Jasadi. And uh, when she was like, you know, sing along. Um, I ain't singing. Well, the thing that I was talking about that makes you complicit, she's like, it's okay if you just think it. And it's like, that's an impossible trap to get away from. Yeah. yeah. You are now, and if you're watching on Netflix in a country that, you know, doesn't speak Cantonese, the, the subtitles are there. So immediately when she said that and I read it, I was like, okay, I guess I'm in now. Oh, um, I fast forwarded. Oh, no, you didn't. 100%. 100%. You know what? At the end of the movie, when it's got all the words right there, and she's like, you know, I want you. Nope. Nope. Oh. Nope. I learned my lesson from the ring, baby. Dude. Seven days. I ain't doing that shit. Dude, another interesting um, like way to use your format, because at that last scene you're talking about where she's like, here's the complete um, prayer. I hit it, fast forward twice. And it's the big circle, right? Yep. I, well, they subtitle it in the middle of the circle. Oh, I, I, so it's almost like you're drawn to look dead center. They're also doing that black lettering on a white background trick. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. Why don't more fan footage movies do that? Like, hey, you're watching a Cast movie. Cast a spell on me? I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so after, dude, I asked Jasadi about it because we ended up stopping it halfway also. So I'm a part of the halfway club on... Uh, incantation had to look at it yeah i was about to say incarnation <laughs> but you gotta bring it home and uh no so he was like dude when it was making me say that prayer shit i was like fuck no nah. he's like but then i read it and i was like i'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> that's it dude i can't i don't do any of that man but like I, sam i'm not messing with curses i'm not doing it dude right after hey. that though you get little kid body horror and, you know, if you didn't buy into the visual trick, if you didn't buy into the, like, vlogger who just got you to, like, say a satanic prayer, uh, you're going to be affected by the little girl covered in lesions. Like, it was, you're totally right. And it's funny, thinking back on the movie, I'd completely forgotten about that opening. Yeah, it's, it's right up front. And then, does it go right from that to the car crash? Yep, it goes right into the car crash. That's some, like, it, it I, you always talk about the editor auteur. But yeah, the the way this movie is edited is so uh, frenetic. Yeah, that you, in a way that you just don't see in the genre, except for in honestly in things like uh, what's the anime mask one? Is that they're watching? Wait, what anime mask? Oh, uh, oh, yeah. they're watching. Yeah, they're inside. They're inside. It, um, they're inside. No, no. Okay, yeah. they're watching is the comedy one about the the reality show that goes to remodel houses. Oh, which God. is the yeah. which is the one with Barbara Cranston? <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with those masks that are above your you're, head right now? You're next. That's your next. Oh, is that what we're talking about? God, there was it was really a Barbara Crampton movie. I yeah. thought you were just doing uh, a weird callback. Yeah. Wow, good job, dude. Bro, she's been in ten thousand <laughs> movies. Yeah, no, they're inside. You're totally right. Yeah, the the use of inserts. So I I watched this fucking thing again today, uh, dubbed because I was working. Oh, how was that? So it the the What's Ronan the and Dodo, Dodo, Dodo. I heard names uh, like Chen Dodo. Yeah. Their their dub is great. It, it 
for like every side character, it's just like they walked up to somebody on the street and was like, "Say this line." <laughs> Love it. Um, but I mean, uh it could be worse dude all the weeboos i hang out with that's a derogatory term for people who love anime um they all complain about like they're being like a billy west of the anime world <laughs> and they're just like you just gotta get her it's the only white girl who could do a cute japanese voice right oxan do you remember the name no. how often do we hear that though i'm not making that up uh I'm, I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like I stopped listening partway through anime conversation. Okay, good, good point. Fair. All right, Sam. Sorry about that. No, I. Uh, there's a a small contingent of like reasonable voice actors, and it's like they do everything. Yeah. 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 I, you got you got Billy West. You got Tom Kenny. Oh my god! I he um. Anime has it much worse, apparently, for like American dubs, which is brutal because if you're like me and you grew up and you got really into like Dragon Ball, fantastic voiceovers, like the voice acting that is incredible. You know who would be great on that is the aforementioned off microphone Andrew Dice Clay. (laughs) (laughs) He would be great. Dude, so how did the dub had to kill the atmosphere in Incantation? So, no joke, this, the the parts that are like atmospheric and the scares still landed surprising, surprisingly well, mind you, I was answering support tickets for work while watching it. <laughs> uh, but it, it draws you in. It, uh, weird. I couldn't do it. There's instantly a like element of comedy, like every time. And yeah. I've got a little bit of that like pr- pretentiousness of like, you know, you don't dub an anime. Well, because so like, again, man, where you you lose nuance. Yeah. You you yep. lose uh, you know, the magic that even even you have no idea what they're saying, there's a rhythm to it. And when you have dubbed, you get it throws that out of the window and it beats you over the head with bullshit. <laughs> It, I, it, it, it ruins it now again because it, it, it changes it into something different. So that, like, you know, when you have, you know, the, the, you know, your Jalo films mm-hmm. and your, you know, the spaghetti western, however you want to do it, like that adds a separate sort of, you know, more interesting caveat to what we're doing. But you know, with this, it's a bastardization of what we're trying to do. Are like people watching Squid Game dubbed. Like these, these are people that we need to avoid <laughs> in public because they are hurting the country and they are the ones that are fracturing our nation. Yes, yeah, Squ- I'm Clark Little. Squid Game was a weird one because that movie was like, you know, it was hugely popular, but it also felt like uh, interesting enough to be considered kind of like an art piece. So, like, when people were watching it dubbed, it felt extra, like, offensive. Yeah, I still didn't watch it. Oh, you never did? Never did. Did you watch Mr. Beast? <laughs> no, I didn't watch that one. Oh, dude, he did. Dude, it was good. No, but I saw him do the, he did a, he made his own Willy Wonka factory. Oh, I did. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. But um, when you were gone, we had uh, Nick Nordlinger on here, and yeah. Mr. Beast came up, and I brought up, I was like, dude, you see this Squid Game? And he was just like, yeah, how, uh. What do you say? Like culturally unaware is that? 
Or like he was like berating Mr. Beast. Yeah. I actually kind of yeah. dug it. Maybe he didn't see how many views he had. <laughs> That's what it's about, baby. Uh, we share a birthday, so I will forever look out for him. Senior Beast? Yeah. I also, I think Mr. Beast has a skin on um Fall Guys. <laughs> I saw it today. It's stupid. I'm just, I'm just serious. Now, I think he's got one. Oh, let me go back to the to the beginning of uh incantation. Good look at I you. Know, I know. See, when you think about what the hell the movie is, you can figure out the title. <laughs> I did desperately look on my IMDB page I have open. I couldn't find it. So I just won it. Um winged it. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I, ruined I knew you were gonna circle back. I could just tell. So you know what you know what else is funny is that in the intro, you know, you get the visual tricks, you get the uh the um becoming complacent with the uh, video and there's the little girl body horror. But one of the things that's usually like used to be the shocking early aughts thing to do on camera is suicide. And you have the two cops shoot themselves in the police station. Yeah. How that feels like one of the most minor things in this movie, which is like a testament. Well, because it happens very, very early. Yeah. But it's also a little confusing. So the movie you know what, let me read from uh, IMDb, their synopsis. Six years ago, uh, Lee Ronan was cursed after breaking a religious taboo. Now she must protect her daughter from the consequences of her actions. And in the beginning of this movie, she talks about how she's cursed, right? And she has a tape, which that is the poster. Like the stupid poster they have on IMDb and the one that they opened with on uh, Netflix is so generic and boring looking. And then, you know, when you search for it to post on your Instagram, you can find like the very found footage where it's like a camcorder with the like smiley sticker on it. Dude, that, you know, if if anybody's questioning, it's like authenticity. Find that poster. You'll know instantly. Well, you know who designed that? Michael Steinberg. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What the the hell was the point I was trying to make? I don't know, but it was good. Good job. Thanks, Russ. (laughs) See you next week. Um, okay. Well, here. No. So, Sam, the big theory that I had to have him on for was you you mentioned to me in Gchat that you could defend the runtime. So I think it's really important that you make an argument for this because other than there's just a lot of good shit, what would you cut out? I don't know what to say. Okay. So one thing that, like, especially every like low budget found footage movie is guilty of is having a structure where you get like 30 minutes of act one, then like 40 minutes of act two and then like 10 minutes of act three where you get a really good set piece and then it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I, I, it's not a bad thing because shit, that's what like hereditary does. Um, It's, you know, it's it's a choice, but like Curse of Aurora does it. Oh, it's a trope uh, of like haunted house movies. And yeah, it's, it's a thing me and you talk about where a lot of those movies hinge on the building atmosphere and, and mystery. And once you figure out the rules, it's over. Exactly. And so no. so incantation, you get a third act that feels like it starts like halfway through. Um especially because you're getting the like culmination of Ronan's story. You're getting the culmination of the found tape where they show the whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, you get the 
aside like its own third act of the surrogate dad you know dissolving um you get you you just get it it it's it's you know uh you're having you're having ice cream with your cake no that that is a um good argument because i believe i paused it exactly at like 55 minutes last night when jasadi had to take off and um we were literally about to kick the tunnel door open like that's the halfway point and i remember thinking holy shit we're only halfway in the movie yeah this totally you're you're right if it were any other movie they wouldn't have structured it with like that dual story it would have been like phoenix forgotten where we get like a faux doc we get all the exposition and we hang out with the characters for a long time and then the third act happens and we say goodbye but you're you're totally right it also I, and i i loved this it because everything has to hook you in in the first like you know minute mm-hmm. it it the hook is the car accident and the cops shooting themselves and it's not revisited it's no. not like not like descent into darkness where it's like oh great i just saw the ending and i i that shit titillates man it breaks my heart <laughs> that you mentioned descent into darkness it titillates uh because that's a uh, that was actually a little bit Michael Steinberg tampering there, and I I believe I threw a fit when he did that, and I was like, "What are you doing, man? You're fucking with the Mona Lisa. This is the perfect movie." And he was like, um, "No, uh, analytics show that people aren't hanging with it, so we have to let them know it's a horror movie up top." And that was when I learned, like, I had a moment where I'm like, "Oh, that's why they do it in all these movies." <laughs> Yeah. Which is funny because I remember just talking about this with the retaliators. And I was like, dude, that might be the only movie where we return to that moment. And I was like, hmm, perspective. And I was excited to watch it again. Retaliator. And again, now in the episode that went up today, again, we're recording Tuesday. I had mentioned that Sam had seen the other movie. So we would have you on today to talk about that film. And I got it backwards. You had actually seen the retaliators. So I'm, I'm so excited I'm to get it wrong. so we can talk about. Um, so when I watched Retaliators, one I adored it. Um, I was just like shit eating grin on my face basically the whole time. Um, but I I watched it while judging for a film festival and just watching a bunch of stuff. Most of it of like dubious quality. Yeah, and I had straight up forgotten that the intro was part of the same movie until it revisited it. Yeah. Um, it, and boy, it pulls off that tonal shift way more competently than it has any right to. Oh dude, it's incredible because if you look at that moment in the beginning too, it's like a very 80s stylized kind of like we're living in a retro member berries area and it's like lit differently. It looks like a completely different movie. That zombie interaction is like, yeah. By the time you come back to it, you're like, what the fuck? And then we go well, to church. It, it goes from that, yeah, to like a Hallmark movie, basically, yeah. or like a Lifetime movie. Yeah, with five but, uh, finger death punches, the band <laughs> at the church. I don't think they were the band, but they were definitely all in the movie. Oh, that's why we need Randy to watch it because he's our (laughs) resident expert of bullshit music. I'm good. (laughs) 
honestly, if y'all do watch that with anyone else, uh, invite me because I I watched this alone on a laptop in the dark. Same. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, Retaliator, dude. Incantation, so dude. <laughs> that theme is catchy. I'm shocked it's Motley Crew. Oh, it's Motley Crew. Yeah, it was Motley Crew. What? I'm looking at Oksana to be like, please back me up on that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. What? Yeah, with, right. I think Wild. with like five finger death death punch. No, that's what? not true. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> they did not form a Zordon, or is that how Transformers works? I've, <laughs> I'm making references to things that don't know. It's crew punch. No, they, yeah, they were not together. It was definitely Motley Crue and other people collaborating. All right, here's the thing. I look when we think about what what are some what are some long found footage movies that are worth the time because you know oh, that's one of the Nori the curse no, yes it's all you go to Nori um, the recently released Outwaters <laughs> yeah that hey Outwaters is pretty long it's too long yeah I disagree but it's fine it's 25 minutes too long all right well, let's get Robbie on the phone y'all could talk about a hundred percent I will <laughs> biggest favor of his life um that was it. <laughs> Those were the two. Movies. I mean, honestly, yeah, but I mean, because we're dealing in you know seventy, eighty-five minute territory here. Yeah. So, so uh, you've got to earn it. So, so I always look at Nori as sort of the. It's like the procedural sort of epic of found footage. Like that that's how I view Nori as, you know, this is the epic of found footage. This is of a similar ilk. Now, I, I it doesn't the storytelling is different, but it um, you know, compared to Nori, but again, and I wouldn't necessarily call it an epic, but Sam, based on you know, everything that you've said, like, you know, we've got very frenetic editing but we're also non-linear and we're covering a lot of ground here we're going all over the place um you know th this movie th it's a lot man and yeah. that's why i think that the the, the runtime kind of weighs on you because there's a lot of stuff happening in this movie and then you know an hour and 50 minutes in you know the marvelization of you know film that we occupy now that's not really a long runtime but in found footage, I think we're just naturally, especially us who have seen a lot of found footage, are just programmed around that ninety-minute zone, yep. and it's just there. Or under, and, and are under yeah. exactly. And if we surpass that, we feel it. And then also, just because of how dense this film is, that also adds to it. So I think that this is um, a, a classic within found footage now, easily. Um, I, I think this is uh, highly, highly impressive uh, what this is. I would gladly watch this again anytime. Um, and it's incredible. And I thank China so much for giving this movie to us. Hashtag one China. <laughs> so to that end, it having rewatched it dubbed today, which I, I feel like I should defend myself. It was because I was multitasking and wanted to kind of catch up on it. Um, and I, you know, I make no argument that watching a dub is an affront to God um, <laughs> or, you know, Mother Buddha. 
it the the reveal at the end that that you are being manipulated by the film you're watching mm-hmm. uh makes a rewatch very different yeah um especially for how you interpret the extra diegetic moments the the music the inserts the editing in general um but also just the intentions of it no you're totally uh, right it's and you know, i i hold on let me stop you there it's dirty so you know ronin so given what you said i think you're completely right and you know this is kind of like the ring tape but it's been edited by somebody who found it and it almost feels like she's making it worse for you like oh, yeah. she in yes. she inserts a cell phone video of somebody taking a hot iron and putting it in their mouth and it's like why <laughs> why did you do that i wanted to see a little more of that i wanted to see it like go through the throat but you know these are <laughs> these are the interstitials you know they 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 help us transition from scene would it to go scene. through the throat I, I believe if it's hot enough, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would stink. You know, I don't know. I guess it would depend on when you lost consciousness. Because if you, like, black out, it's not, you're just going to fall. But if you could put a little bit of effort behind that thing, I know. you could poke through. Randy, what do you think? You think a hot iron could poke through uh, throat meat? Yeah, I think it depends on the amount of force you give it. How much force you give it on that throat <laughs> meat, baby? Not enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what I'm saying is, do you do you imagine Ronan actually sitting down and editing this video? She didn't strike me as the editor type. So here's, here's what I was thinking on a rewatch, which I I don't think is like canonical or what the directors intended. That's fine. But I I had moments where I was seeing it as a non supernatural movie. Yeah. About a, a mother with like severe mental illness who has gotten her daughter back and is Munchausen by proxying her to death. Yep. Uh, I don't oh. it, see. Here's the thing when I rewatched it too, I was thinking of perspective, like I talked about in the last episode and just like, it's so much, it's, it's interesting when you can like nuance the narrative like that and look at it two different ways and have it be drastically different. And in this one, I was like, well, is the, is the perspective all about, is she doing something evil or good? I feel like that's kind of the like lame one where it's like, oh, are these people helping each other by sharing the curse because they say it's not as bad or, or is it evil what they're doing? But then I was like, I, Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say what I went to was just, oh, maybe they're just talking about, is she crazy or not? And then, you know, trying to relate that back. It's like every time you say uh, good luck to somebody or wish them a happy birthday, they're like, you're kind of partaking in a supernatural ritual. Like it's tradition, but so, you know, Buddhism. Yeah. Do you, you will know what this movie is about. Okay. <laughs> this movie is about. Your parents fuck you when you were a baby, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> That's what this movie is. Thank you very much. All right, so Sam, go ahead. But no, it uh, it it beyond just it, you know, it it her intentions being good or bad. I got a lot of she has edited this to defend her actions. Oh. Yeah, because she's a boomer, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Boomers 
have fucked their kids. Okay, us. Yeah, my point still stands. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for that. The burden of being right all the time. Twenty-four-year-old boomer, my favorite type. That bitch was like forty years old. Dang. Now you know I'm. I'm. Which still not a boomer. I'm uh, (laughs) interested by what you just threw out there and her editing. That's interesting because it's almost like she's tampering with the found footage. And she is a she is in it. She was there. She was a ghost hunter. But the whole time, but from what we see in the movie, she almost seems like she's an unwilling participant. Like she's the least enthusiastic. But see, if you if you picture her as editing it and picking out the footage that's used and putting in the music to mm-hmm. invoke certain emotion at certain points and cutting to you know what are what are basically like like interstitial jump scares yeah yeah it it you are you could be manipulated by someone who is a master at manipulating human emotions oksana did you re-edit that what (laughs) first of all you (laughs) the way you jumped i was making a um charlotte's net yeah no i got it it was good did you see her jump yeah, she was. She felt like she was being accused of murder. <laughs> she jumped back just now. And was you like, jumped. You jumped like Dodo did when she jumped off the building. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, a little uh, behind the curtain here. Uh, Oksana has been doing uh, video editing work. God, I cannot talk today. She's been doing video editing work for um, Ayende, who we had on the show a while ago, and part of the group, the Jealous Guys. TJG. Yeah. So she's been doing a lot of editing. Sam, I think you're completely right, dude, because there's so the email, because this was going to be a part of the TBR report, which uh, I kind of shoehorned it in. Thank you again, Thomas Burke, for writing that email. I swear he seemed so annoyed. He was like, dude, I'm so busy. And I'm like, come on, man, just fire off another email. And uh, he did it. I love the man to death. And, you know, he had the comment of where he found some incontinuity in there so the second time i watched it i was trying to be aware because the first time i was at the film's mercy it's a roller coaster even when the movie in the beginning you think because i was hosting i was showing jasadi and i'm like oh the movie's gonna dip here and he's tired and dude right after those brutal that brutal beginning part we get a little bit of daycare and we go right into the roller coaster scare ride of her first night in the apartment that's some fucking fantastic like James Wan one camera moving through a house. Like we get the the classic, oh, it's nighttime and I'm gonna open the fridge. Yeah. And uh Jasadi, he emoted out loud. He was like, Man's fucking fridge doors. He's like, dude, they're always scary. Even when there's nothing behind them. And it's like, they're no, perfect. Great scares. Dark room, bright light. You reveal the door every time. But dude, at the end of that tracking, that one continual shot. There's an edit that feels wrong. And it's an edit of uh, uh, Chen Don Don. What's her name? Dodo. Dodo. <laughs> of Chen Dodo's uh, toys. Because you remember it's kicked off by her ball falling on the floor. But we revisit it at the end. There's a cut. There's a straight cut. And it's a we're looking down like a suicide camera on what is the symbol. They like un, the un-Buddha symbol. Oh, yeah. And it feels wrong because you're like, wait. Who filmed that? Where did that come from? But as the movie keeps like going, we get, I don't know how she got the psychiatrist footage. Like, are they implying that she had murdered her? 
Oh, so actually, the psychiatrist footage was bugging me on a rewatch. It um, they mentioned the psychiatrist's death in a uh, either a fire or a suicide at the oh, hospital. Oh, you're right. On the radio in the car. Um, you're totally right. I it it caught me off guard because the the psychiatrist watched the tape. Yeah. It yeah, that's what I was like, oh, continuity broken. Seven days later. <laughs> Dude. Well, no, actually it's much longer, right? Because don't you just have to give your name to yeah, the Buddha? Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, Sam, you're totally right. I had the one thing that was bugging me was I didn't buy her as a video editor. But now that I'm thinking back on it, she did install the hidden camera in the bunny. And she kind of she also installed Adobe Premiere on her computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's an argument to be made that she knows what she's doing. It's weird, right? Oh, you're right. She used to be a YouTuber. Oh, yeah. What, Mugbang? What the fuck? How you're right. You know, I get here's the problem. This movie fucking Steven Spielberg's me so hard that I just get like kind of lost and I I I'm not paying attention to the craft, which is I mean a huge compliment when you're dealing with found footage. I completely forgot she was a fucking YouTuber. I just now made connected the dots like <laughs> I used to have a YouTube channel. This bitch is lying to yeah, us. For real. That that explains a lot. Well, also think about like if we lean in on the idea that Sam had where she's giving herself a like charitable edit, it makes more sense that she's hanging out with those two idiots. Like, I mean, the dude tags a wiener on like a fucking holy building. It's like even if you don't buy into it, even if you think this is like, I mean, honestly, we're talking about Jim Jones earlier. It is a very sacrament like moment when yeah. we're moving through the like wood hut town. And, you know, the sacrament, the thing I felt about them updating, like, Ty West version when they're Vice, yeah. I felt they had a very, like, elitist approach. Like, it was just kind of uncommunicated, but, like, we all understood, like, these people are stupid. Sacra like Sacrament stinks. I, I I like that movie, too. I, I, I'm, I'm a sacrament guy, too. Uh, terrible CG fire. But I stand by the movie. Stinks. Um. Also, me and Rondi, me and Rondi, <laughs> Rondi, <laughs> me and Randy, uh, I feel like we bonded over the song that opens that film. Oh, yeah. It's I'm forgetting the, the name of it. The Knife. Yeah. I can't That's remember. the band. That's yeah. a good song. Um, <laughs> I like to be confused. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> no, but you're right. She was part of that shitty ghost hunting group. It is it is pretty interesting how different um she is in both like pre yeah. and post mental breakdown. I feel like that kind of hurt my <laughs> my um acknowledgement there as she did. I mean, god. So, you know, one of the the tropes we deal with in horror movies is like the warning Right, like the old man at the camp, the harbinger. Like, he's like, you know, don't go in there. There's the death curse. Yeah, I feel like this group had the most warnings out of any fucking movie ever. And once, dude, what a good job making those two dudes so unlikable. Like that one guy, stop flirting. Yeah, stop. Oh man, once once they had the little Buddha in their will, well, <laughs> dude, it was over. How? Sam. Now, one of the things me and you talk about, actually, you, uh, you know, I should give you credit. You are the one that turned me on to B.R. Jaeger. And uh, yeah. uh, 
you corrupted my brain with the Migdalatropolis, which I then pushed onto Chad from Scary Thoughts, who hated it, but then came back around and said, no, nah, I, I like it a lot. And uh, Negative Space was another film or uh, book that you recommended because of their their components in the spells. It was very modern and different. How did you feel about the frog eating human hair? I really liked it. Like a lot. I, I mostly just like amphibians and I like <laughs> hair. I'm kind of a kind of a a, a, a frog and hair slut. But uh Dude. gross. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was a uh, uh, such a, a cool weird set piece that like I have no idea why they chose frogs, I have no idea why they chose hair, but I believe that these are some weirdos in you know the 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 Taiwanese or Chinese boonies. Because they're both they're both icky things. <laughs> you know? Dude, they're probably doing psycho magic. <laughs> Somebody was trying to lose weight. Yo, frogs are gross, dude. <laughs> Frogs are weird. I, 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 I'm not anti-frog. I'm just saying they're gross. They taste delicious. Okay, I was going to ask. I Fair. knew you had tried of them. Of course I've eaten frogs. So the thing I liked about that little ritual down there is that it kind of, it leaves you asking why. Like normally everything is completely obvious. Like everybody knows what you do with a line of salt. <laughs> Nothing. I totally thought you were going to join it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like you know don't break the circle like these are all like oh okay you put down a pure kind of um you know uh material that is used to be worth a lot of money back in the day and you circle yourself i understand there's value demons can't like it makes some sort of logical connection the frog eating hair i have no idea why that would like would uh, impregnate her i don't know i'm not what? really sure it was happening there did your parents not tell you how babies work <laughs> A frog eating hair does not produce well, a child. Okay. So again, watching it a second time with perspective, right? So one of the main things that changed for me was when the vloggers show up to exploit this weird little cult. They, uh, the dude there, they, I forget how they were related. It was, I think it was one of the dude's uncles. He yeah. says, uh, she has to leave and uh, you can't come in. Can you drive? Okay, good. Figure it out. And what felt like incredibly rude the first time I watched it was almost like, oh, he's trying to save her life. And I thought that was like really interesting. And uh, but what happens is there's that other lady over there and she kind of looks at her through the window and tells the dude something. And he's like, actually, hold on. Then the girl climbs in over the driver and reads her palm. And, you know, she kind of intuits that she's pregnant and it's like, OK, this changes everything. I don't. Did you have a theory on what was happening there? Not really. No, I. I. So, again, first watch, I I just rolled with it. Yeah. Me Second too. watch, I got hung up on like two things. One was like she's lying to us. What does that mean? But also, I I love a, a like curse that is spread by thought. And in that sequence, I was very, uh, very taken with the idea of this thing takes your given name and you can't speak it. You can't think about it. You can't mm -hmm. whatever. Dude, with, it's, uh, it's the perfect curse for like the age of like uh, of the cancel culture, because when you think about it, you know, cancel culture is 
something that comes from a group of people who decide you should not have a public platform, right? And usually, it I think most people are operating out of good intentions, and they're like, we don't want your bad ideas to poison people. And this is kind of a, like, you know, thought terrors. Like, that's kind of a good um, metaphor for it. And fuck, what was I thinking of? We one of our buddies freaked out when we showed him uh, that movie about sleep paralysis. Oh yeah, oh the nightmare, the nightmare. Thank you, Randy. And I remember he had um, written a review, and it was like it was kind of a typical review. And he was he said what he liked, and he didn't, and it was kind of opinionated, and it was supposed to be a little funny. But then you know I saw him the next day when we were going to play D anD D, and he said, "Hey, uh, change my review to one." And put nobody should ever watch this movie and do me a favor and never mention it again. And I was like, well, hold on, man. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I want to respect you, but you can't say some shit like that to me and have me not follow up with the what happened. And he was like, let me just tell you, uh, last night I had a terrible time trying to sleep. I went to bed for about 20 minutes total and I never want to think about that movie again. And I always it always hung with me where I'm like one of the major themes in the nightmare was that all the people he had been interviewing hadn't experienced sleep paralysis in forever, but they all agreed and they were not like in the same room or anything, but each one of them was like, now that we've talked about it, it's going to happen tonight. And I just, I mean, I'm like, that's a terrifying thought. Like us sitting right here and talking about this curse means that we're going to be a part of it, which is, I mean, yeah, I don't like talk about it much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> were, so, were you really scared? Yeah, I don't like, I don't do curses, dude. I don't do curses. I told you, I fast forwarded it. Did you, did you really? 100%. But much, you like the much ring. Like a, uh, much like a frog eating hair. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it, but I don't, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to skip a little bit. Oh my God! Well, how did you how did you do protect it? your neck, dude? So you know, talking about warnings and how many of these people had ignored. I think at one point they literally locked them in a room. These these ghost hunters, these wannabe Zach Baggins, and they they break through the like plywood door, and they you know go immediately to kicking in the tunnel. That tunnel, <laughs> I felt Ugh. like had a hundred warnings of its own. Oh yeah, and you want to talk about just visual components. How scary is a mirror in a dark tunnel that you're not supposed to go down? Then they just they cut the little partition. Oh, I dude. They see all the mirrors. It literally <laughs> just viscerally upsetting. Morons. Okay, brief tangent. I'm we glad were, they're dead. We were playing a game, uh, another tabletop game, Lamentation of the Flame Princess. And this one, I believe it was called Death Frost Doom. Spoiler if you haven't played this module. But uh, our buddy ran it. And this game is known for being brutal, and it it opens with you go up, and the first place you go to is a haunted house on a a mountain. You go down in the basement, it immediately turns into like a haunted temple. Well, you go through, and there's a room where there's like hundreds of coffins, right? Like you're in this mountain now. You go through, and the only exit through there is a, a natural cave. But the natural cave has been blocked by vines that have grown through it. And they're described as having a faint like glow. But if you search the coffins, you can find like spare change. But again, now there's detailed like hundreds of coffins. So we as a group decided, you know, I feel like if we cut these roots and go through here, 
everything's going to get very bad. So let's just loot these hundreds of coffins of their pennies and yeah. leave. The fucking DM got so mad. And he was just like, what do you mean you're going to leave? And it's like, we're going to leave. Like, this place is cursed. Like, fuck that. And, um, you know, reading through the uh, adventure, if you cut that shit, like a hundred vampires come to life. And it actually can become a problem for your campaign because if your party dies, now there's an army of vampires rolling through town. Again, I know it's in the weeds, but it's one of those things. It's one of those things that Thanos didn't do in Endgame, which is the like no turning back situation. We're back to Revenge of the Sith, where we have Anakin killing little kids. You can't come back from that. Can't come back from that I'm, discussion. I'm glad you brought up uh, <laughs> the billion dollar grossing Marvel movie Avengers Endgame because that is a perfect segue to my uh, prepared speech about the merits of Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had warned them about this. I haven't seen Free Guy. I um, would imagine that Clark would like non-ironically go see that movie. No, I'm over Ryan Reynolds. Wait, really? As someone... As someone who's watched Free Guy twice, here's here's my pitch for Free Guy. It is a movie that should be existentially terrifying. It is about a a an artificial intelligence that has gained full sentience, is as real and alive as you or me, and within the span of a week is confronted with the fact that there is no God that he is the creation of fuckers like us, that he is in a video game where he's meant to be unimportant, uh, where he can be killed at a whim. And then finally, the conceit of the movie is that he's going to be deleted and cease to exist (laughs) forever. (laughs) And it doesn't confront any of those. (laughs) Really now, okay. I imagine that there's a like love story between him and whoever the protagonist, or is he the protagonist? So he's the protagonist. Um, he's made by the guy in a uh, spree. Oh, that, that oh, actor. the actor. Okay, Stranger yeah. Things. Um, and the actor in Spree ha- ha- has a coworker who's a lady who's like has a crush on and so he makes Ryan Reynolds character to be a perfect match for her in the video game because he's he's a dork. Why? Why? <laughs> Why am I here? Um <laughs> and so yeah, it her virtual avatar <laughs> hits it off with Ryan Reynolds virtual avatar and they have a romance and then when it ends she falls in love with the guy from Spree human character and ryan reynolds happily accepts that he is still a construct in a world that uh is an artificial creation and has been spoilers for a free guy um has been recreated in such a way that there is no death violence or conflict forever and they're essentially in like an, an artificial intelligence zoo for human beings in the real world to watch it it the fuck are you saying to me <laughs> so he got blue me on it yeah is uh, that yeah what exactly 
What so, the- all right, uh, uh, Rondi, Rusty, let's go back to incarnation. <laughs> <laughs> wow, tight dig there, oh, dude. Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> wow. All right, we've gone over. No, yeah, Clark's already, t- he, have, he didn't watch the movie, clearly. What are you talking about? What's your favorite part? Of Dodo? <laughs> yeah. I just want Dodo to be safe. How, who's, so who's taking care of Dodo now? All right, well, here, here's the topic we I can I wondered explore. about that, too. I, I thought about this when uh, I first watched it. You popped into my head, Clark, because you always do. You're always on my mind. Yeah, I'm fucking hot. And during that first little um, walkthrough of the apartment that's terrifying, I was uh, shocked to know that the little girl had her own bathroom. Yeah. Was anybody else shocked? <laughs> it's a different culture over there, dude. I'm like, wait, she's got her own bathroom? <laughs> Well, I immediately thought of rent. I was like, I thought we're doing like a poverty porn like was, Randy taught me about. I had my own bathroom as a kid. No, there's there's a couple things I want to know about. She had her own bathroom. It was not the only bathroom in that apartment. Yeah. There was another one. Yeah. Also, the front door. Now, we had an interesting door situation going on. You open up. What are you, Nathan Fielder? <laughs> oh, we'll door talk, City over here. We'll talk, dude, we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, um, no, we have to go. No, we don't. What are you talking it's about? an hour and 20 in dude oh my god what are you fucking father time <laughs> well here yeah because you can't be oh my god oh randy right. from the top rope i forgot the old folks home puts randy to bed in 10 minutes <laughs> um no you know there are two doors there one looked like a regular wooden door that any household would have but what was the other one like the government door it was like a thick metal door. The government. Dude, that's like when, when COVID happens, they lock you Again, down. China won. <laughs> we support you. But I'm not, I'm not making that up. There was a thick metal door outside of a regular door. That was the walk-in freezer, dude. <laughs> dude, also, Leatherface is back there. Hey, what, how effective was that light scare? Where you walk out there, she, she goes out her front door because the light is turning on and off. But once we get like an actual frame of it, the light switching migrates like down the stairs. I I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie, but I was like, that's fucking creepy. What do you think about the lady picking at her neck? Oh, when and was then that? that jump scare? The lady picking at her neck. Is that towards the end? Uh, into second act. Oh, maybe. oh, when, oh, so that's another moment. That one felt kind of like a bloom house kind of, cause they were doing some stunts there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That was probably the only part of the movie where I was like a little iffy. I think that's the moment too where me and Oksana were talking about where did that other camera come from? But the bunny was there because there's a lot of editing that goes on in that moment. Um, I thought that was a little bit rote that jump scare. Like you knew exactly what was about to happen, but uh, I, yeah. I found it still effective. It was good going through the motion. Yeah, but like of that whole movie being kind of unpredictable. And with the two stories playing off each other, I constantly felt like I was getting caught off guard. That was the one moment where I'm kind of like, I, I know what we're doing here. Look, here's the thing. Uh, as we wind down here, I think that this um, Sam, first of all, thanks for coming, man. We appreciate oh, it. And, uh, we love you. And it's been uh, it's been far too long in us knowing you for us not to force you to be on this so. and working with you. Um, yeah. Oh, so I, I will say, though, that, you know, this. We need more movies like this if we're trying to, you know, grow the subgenre of found footage. And I think this is a tentpole movie to do that. 
So for us yeah. to spend an entire episode essentially talking about this movie, it's warranted because I, you know, I think that we need to to champion um, films like this. Dude, and it's clear from the craft that they put a lot of thought into all of this. Like, I don't know if sitting here with Sam, I would have ever realized that she is a fucking shifty editor. She really gave herself a charitable uh, kick here. And she does some fucking straight up bad things in this movie. Yeah. But you still kind of. So, Oksana, do not do a taboo on any cult. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. you've got your editing skills now. That's the new form of wizard, the electric wizard. You control narratives and stories by editing. Congratulations. Yo, also, electric wizard, sweet band. Dope Dude, Throne, for real. One of my favorite uh, stoner metal albums ever. It's very good. <laughs> uh, also, Randy, I got to tell you, I won't tell you now. Uh, the Bear is a fantastic show. I watched it entirely on my phone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's a great show. We got that good, uh, the one shot episode thing, episode seven or something like that. So Russ, you were talking about being so, um, it, it, you know, with this film being sort of, um, just enraptured in the mo- in the moment with the film where you, you're not paying attention to the craft. Yeah, you're just it. on board. Yeah. That's what happened in the bear where there's an episode where it's a Warner and you know, I love Warners, but I'm so just in tune to the show. I didn't even pay attention that it was a Warner. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can happen. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. And then I felt like a fraud. <laughs> Cause I love Warners. <laughs> Sam, what do you feel about the Warner as we wind down? Uh, <laughs> X-Files Season 6, Episode 3, Triangle, Great Warner. You went to that way too quickly. I know. (laughs) You had that cute... That's in a filing cabinet at the front of your brain, dude. Like, what? I'm I'm, I'm into a (laughs) Warner. Dude, okay, I wish you guys were there with me last night as Jasadi and me got into a long argument about a Warner. Really? He was like, they're frauds. You can't do one. And I was like, what do you mean? Oh, and he was like, "There, you can't do them. He's like, dude, how are you going to keep the camera operating the whole time? He's like, it's, the battery's going to die. I'm like, you plug it in, extension cord. He was like, what about the drive? You're going to run out of memory. And I was like, are you really? I was like, Clark sold me on a fucking Woody uh, Harrelson movie that was a live stream, stupid train to London bullshit. I was like, that was all one shot because it was live. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, no. No way. And I was like, what do you mean? No. And then he, I was like, what about Veronica? That's an incredible one. Victoria. Shot. Victoria. Victoria. And he was like, no, edit. I think there was some, uh, I think they, they cheated in Victoria. Yeah. There are cheats in a good portion of them, but he said one shot movies, all of them. He definitively was like, no. they're all lying. To you. What was that piece of shit? Elizabeth Olsen movie. That oh, was a horror film. That was a, a fake one that came up too. silent house. Silent House. That movie uh, sucks. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> and it's not a water. Yeah. But to, to Randy's point, the the conceit of the Warner is part of what makes a Warner impressive, where it has like they have filmed it in such a way that you can hide the cups. You know, yeah. yeah. And I my I'm arg- with you. My argument was, you know, if it were easy, then nobody would give a fuck anyway. And I was like, this is why we tune in. What the 
what happened to Jusati? I don't. He was he because was, <laughs> he was just like, no, dude, they're fake. And I, I mean, honestly, if you, if you we want to go back to the <laughs> to the inception of the wonder, we're talking about rope, right? Hitchcock, yeah. and you couldn't do a wonder because you didn't have enough film. So ultimately, but rope is sick, though. Yeah, and then he went on to make my favorite movie, the Ingrid Bergman film, where she's sitting on a bed again. I got to make that shirt. She's sitting on a bed with a decapitated head. And it was a period piece, and he had that one long shot where they had the table, and he was like, this was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. He he complained that you should never make a movie if you couldn't explain how the characters would go to the bathroom. And I, eh, Fair point. Sometimes you have poop. Yeah. Incantation, right. two bathrooms. Many ways to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think there were three. It was an, I was outraged. What are you, a real estate agent? Dude, we have three bathrooms in this house, and it's fucking confusing. Why do we have three bathrooms? Uh, actually, we have uh, two and a half. Okay, two and a half. Two and a half. Round up, it's three. It's 55. It's a lot of bathrooms. It's a lot. All right. Sam, we love you. Thank you. Oh, uh, wait. I actually, I prepared something for this. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you for listening to this special patrons-only episode of the Overlook Hour podcast. <laughs> Remember, you can subscribe to any of our Patreon tiers for exciting bonus content. At the Overlook But Don't Touch tier for $1 per month, you can access exclusive posts on the Patreon and monthly mini-sodes where we talk about the first 15 minutes of new streaming horror series. Or at the Here's Overlooking at You Kid tier for $5 per month, you can participate in patron-exclusive polls and get access to bi-weekly midi-sodes where we try to describe the plots of movies we have never seen with wacky results. <laughs> or at the Don't Overlook Now tier for $10 per month, you can receive an exclusive Overlook Hour-themed Trapper Keeper and get access to weekly maxi-sodes where we talk about the same movies in the episode but a second time, and we're tired, and we don't, have, we don't want to anymore. Hijinks ensue. Or, if you're a big spender, you could join our If Overlooks Could Kill tier for $25 a month and receive a signed photograph of Randy and access to thrice-weekly Ultra Maxi-sodes where we confess our deepest secrets and sob into a microphone because we need more content. And remember, if we reach 100 patrons, Clark will record a full-length horrorcore concept album recapping the plot of all four Ghoulies movies. And now a word from our generous sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped inspires us to think long and hard about our short and curlies. With Manscaped's patented whirlycopter, you can just jam a bunch of blades down your trousers and come out looking like Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Also, the area between the bottom of your balls and your asshole will thank you. Don't have ma- balls? Manscaped don't care. All Manscaped, Manscaped don't care about what you're rocking down there. We're certain that it'll thank you. Thank That's you it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was great. Also, like we would never in a million years create content for a dollar a month. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. 25 or nothing. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.